0: week we learned that god is in control and he had planned he has planned things out before creation planned everything out until the end of eternity including our salvation through jesus and he had planned to unite all things under the headship of jesus so i use the illustration of god as the the chess grandmaster you know when you play chess you always plan a few moves ahead well God is the ultimate grandmaster, where He knew all the moves and He knew how the game was gonna end. Uh, God did all those things in love and for His pleasure and because of His love for us. We have been given every spiritual blessing in Christ. It's important for me to say that again because every spiritual blessing has been made available to us in Christ. So go to Jesus. If you, if you need any spiritual blessing, or if you need more spiritual blessing, go to Jesus. Ephesians started out with a bang. I actually had a big bang on here, but I decided to take the bang out. It started out with a bang in the first 14 verses, and it will continue to reveal many things from a big picture standpoint throughout this book. I use the term big picture because when we see things from a 10,000 feet viewpoint, it is always much different than just seeing things from where we are, from our day-to-day uh, life on the ground. I was so reminded of that even more so last week when I was coming back from a business trip as my plane approached Chicago. I was looking out the window and I was amazed again at the view of the city from the plane. I'm sure all of you have, hopefully you all have flown at least one time or another. So when you look out in the windows on your plane and you look down, It was amazing of the view for the city of Chicago. You you have the high-rise buildings, you have the uh, Lakeshore Drive along with the museum campus, you have the harbors, you have Millennium Park, you have uh, soldier field, you have um, residential homes, you have the parks and the train line and on and on and on. And I was reminded again of how amazing this city is and so thankful that God has called me, called us, our family, to be in the city. So sometimes it's good for us to take a step back and look with a picture viewpoint to see why am I here? What is the point of this season, of this place? And when we do that, it helps us to be reminded again of the plan that God has for us. I would not have appreciated the city and the many wonderful things that we have as much if I only look at things from the day to day, uh, life standpoint, you know, going to work, pay bills, get up for those with kids, wake up, change the diapers, put them to sleep, make food for them, go to bed. That's pretty much what we do on a day-to-day basis. But when we zoom out and take a step back, then we will, we'll be reminded of the things that God has for us. So it is the same with Ephesians. So reading Ephesians reminds us again of how incredible God is. And we're called to be God's people, and He has amazing plans for creations, and He has amazing plans for us, each and every one of us. So let's, um, let's get started and jump to verse 15. If you don't have your Bible with you, that's okay. The verses should be behind me. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you remembering you in my prayers. Keep in mind that Paul is giving thanks for those who have become God's people through repentance of sin and putting our faith in Jesus. This means Paul is also giving thanks for us because we are also God's people, not based on what we have done. I, I, I think that, has came, that came through last week. This verse came after the first 14 verses, which were all about the love of God, the goodness of God, the grace of God, the, the bigness of who he is, and the wisdom of God. So essentially, he was, being, he was thankful for God, adding more people to do the work of the kingdom. Starting with verse 15, we also get a, what I would use a term, like a step-by-step instructions on how to grow in our maturity as Christians. Faith in the Lord Jesus is the first step, right? In order to become God's people, we need to have faith in Jesus. The second step is to love all of God's people. To be God's people is to be like the one whom we belong to. Since God loves his people, we are to imitate that trait and love all of God's people. Emphasize the all in here. Because I try to look through the different translations, they all have this all of God's people. That means young old, whether you're married or you're single, you have kids, you don't have kids, uh, you're educated, uneducated, you're tall, short, rich, poor, um, we may relate or get along with uh, a certain group of people, right? I think if we're really honest with ourselves, we, we relate better to a certain group than others, but we are called to love all of God's people, not our people, but all of God's people, So these instructs have been given to Paul from the Holy Spirit in verse 16, when he said, remembering you in my prayers. And when we pray, we pray according to the leading of the Holy Spirit. We see that in Romans verse 8, verse 26. Therefore, the Holy Spirit was leading Paul to pray for these things. Uh, Just a very brief sidestep on praying. When we pray, try to tune our ears to the Holy Spirit to what to pray for, not for what we want, Sometimes the Holy Spirit put what we want in our heart for us to pray for, not pray for what other people want us to pray for or what other people want to hear, but pray according to the leading of the Holy Spirit. That is the correct biblical prayer. So therefore, the Holy Spirit was leading Paul to pray for these things. And since we are also God's people, we want to follow these instructions from the Holy Spirit because that's the Holy Spirit was speaking through Paul to those in Ephesus, God's people, and to us. And, and we want to listen to those things and live those things out. So let's look at what comes after love for all of God's people in verse 17 and 18. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know that the hope for which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. These are the attributes that we want to have as we grow in our maturity as followers of Jesus. And I hope this is not um, uh, offensive to someone because these attributes is what Paul are praying for God's people to have. Because the Holy Spirit is speaking through Paul, And about the things, so the things that we see are the things that we hear. We want to grab hold of those things and grow in those things. So let's take a look at them, right? Now, firstly is spirit of wisdom. Wisdom according to God. Not according to the world around us. For example, prioritizing our lives and make life decisions for the kingdom of God. And according to God's teaching, make life decisions according to God's teaching, versus making decisions for ourselves or according to what the Word is telling us. We want to make decisions according to what God is telling us using the wisdom that God has given to us. And the way to make decisions according to the Spirit of wisdom, God's Spirit of wisdom, is to tune our ears to the Holy Spirit and to study Scripture. We need to study Scriptures. You know, a lot of times people say, well, I'm very prophetic, I can hear things. But if you don't study Scriptures, there's no basis for us to be grounded in, and having a spirit of wisdom will help us to live without fear, live without condemnations, live without shame. It will help us to know and be secure in our positions as God's people. We belong to the one who is in control, right? The first 14 verses, God is in control. He knew. He planned everything out before creation, and he planned everything out in what's gonna happen He is in control. What had happened, what is happening, and what will happen. So he is in control. So be secure in that. And the next thing is revelation. Revelation is to know or to see more than what we naturally know or see uh, or have known previously. This revelation is not just knowing anything or anyone. Revelation to know Jesus better. The revelation to know Jesus better. Because once we have the spirit of wisdom, then we realize Jesus is the king. The king of this kingdom. Then I want to know more of Jesus. We want to know more of Jesus because he is our inheritance. We talked about last week. Jesus is our inheritance. And he is the king of the kingdom that we belong to. The king of the kingdom that we want to live for. So So we want to know more of who he is. Which leads us to uh, the next step is, the eyes of your heart will be enlightened. Notice that the eyes of your heart, not your eyes will be enlightened. Our hearts, not our minds. It's interesting, right? Our hearts, not our minds, will be enlightened. So this means that what we truly love more than anything, or more than anyone, will be enlightened. And you see, when you love someone, do you love someone with your mind or you love someone with your heart, right? So the eyes of your heart will be enlightened. And then you want to realize that Jesus is someone that I want to love more than anything. And I can open my eyes to know that I want to love Jesus. That means we will be, your eyes of your heart will be enlightened. We will be able to know and see the one whom our heart truly loves. Because Jesus is our inheritance. And we want to see more of him. We want to know more of who he is. And that's as we recognize that Jesus is our inheritance, we will come into our inheritance. If you know what your inheritance is and where your inheritance is, that's where you want to go to. You don't want to go somewhere else because this is where I want to be. And, and enlightened to the hope that he has called us into. The, the world hope, the, the hope here it's a certain expectation or absolute certainty. It is not the same as how we typically use the word hope. It's we typically use the word hope as a, as a maybe or a perhaps or, or being hopeful, right? but not certain. Uh, an example would be, I hope to go on vacation next year. Right? I, I hope to have a new job next month. I hope to, to travel to Europe with Lauren next week, because she is going to Europe. I'm a little bit jealous, I just mentioned that. Uh, I hope to do this, no, but this word hope, meaning an absolute certainty, to know that, so the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope, the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. So not a maybe or perhaps a wishful thinking of the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, to know with absolute certainty the riches of his glorious inheritance in his people. So to know with certainty that Jesus has called each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. We all know that, we all know what will happen at the end, right? All things will be united under the headship of Jesus. We we, we learned that from last week in the first 14 verses. However, Each of us will have a different path, a different calling, as we all will eventually get towards the same finish line. But God has called us to do different things. And we want to know what those things are and step into it and be secure and to know that he planned all these things out. He's calling us into this, this path, these callings. So we want to pursue and go after what God has planned for us. We will come to know our calling from Jesus the hope of glory. As we grow in, a mature, in our maturity maturity as his people, like right? faith in Jesus, love for all of God's people, spirit of wisdom, revelation to seek to know Jesus better, to not only know Jesus better above all else, then we will know with certainty, without wavering or without doubt, the hope to which he has called us. If you want to know what the hope of what Jesus has called you to, call me to, continue to grow, continue to pray for these things. Just pray for spirit of wisdom. Just pray for revelation to know Jesus more. Then we will know what God has called us into. And once we know what Jesus has called us to, make that our life goal plan our lives around it. Make it the center of our lives and plan our lives around that calling from Jesus to know that this, I may like lots of other things, but Jesus is what I want to pursue after. Jesus is who I want to know more and more than everything else. You know, Joe and I, we talked about sports. I used to love sports. I think you guys may get that impression from my examples that I use. I don't think you realize how much I used to like sports. Um, I'm really downplaying it because my life used to be ESPN 24-7. That's the only channel that I would watch. For those of you who don't know, ESPN is a sports channel. Maybe I watch the news for five minutes, but the rest of the time is ESPN. But once I know who Jesus is, you get to know him, the plan and the hope that he has for us. I want for myself and for our family to pursue after that, to pursue the calling, the hope that he has called us into. Because Jesus is our inheritance. He is more important than sports or movies. I'm not saying you don't do those things. do do those things. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, but make sure that Jesus is the most important. The person that we want to pursue after. Because he is our inheritance. Jesus is our inheritance. So that's how we can live a purposeful life is to know what we're called to. Pursue after those things. Plan our lives around that make sure if the things that interfere with what Jesus has called us into, put those things out. That is how we live a purposeful life. That is how we live according to God's plan. We want to devote our lives to his plan because we have already seen his grace and his power in the first 14 verses, right? He created the universe. He planned everything out. He planned out the great salvation in Jesus. Jesus. Eventually came to, He knew that we would be safe. His love for us, and he planned out how it's going, all going to end. So we want to pursue after that. And it is reinforced again in verse 19 through 21. Let's read that. And his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms Far above, I want to emphasize that, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. His incomparably great power for us who believe. I mean, nothing compares to his power, right? I think we get that. Remember back in verse 3? Who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So just imagine that. Just remember that. Someone is has incomparably incomparable power, has blessed us with every single spiritual blessing in Christ. So not only have we been blessed with that, but we belong to the God who has the power to raise Jesus from the dead and seated him far above, not just above, far above. All rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. So let, let's look at all those things that Jesus is far above. Rule. Any rule, any person or, or organization that, that have made or created rules and laws, any laws that we see, right? Right? Whether it's in the U.S., whether it's made up by the United Nations, or just social laws and rules, he is above all that. Authority. The Pope, the President, Prime Minister, Chairman. I'm using China. Chairman. Perceived or real. All authority. Power. Military power. You know, the U.S. still have the most amazing, mighty power. Military power. But it's far above all that. Voodoo witchcraft, political, physical, natural, or supernatural. So if you ever want to go and get your, uh, someone read your palms, Jesus has power far above all that. So if if you believe in astrological science, Jesus has power far above that also. Dominion, right? Kingdom on earth as in hell and heaven. On earth as in hell as in heaven. Jesus is far above all that. Every name, mm. I love this part. It comforts me so much. Every name, every disease, every cancer, every sickness, every bacteria, COVID-19, every virus, every addictions, every generational sins, anxiety, depression, whatever. If there's a name, Jesus is far above any of those things and eternity, right? In the present age and then forever. He is far above all those things now and forever. But not just this generation. It's not a trend. Not just this decade. Not this, just this century. So we belong to the one who has that power. Isn't that amazing? That is our God. That is the one who loves us and came and died for us. We're the people of the one who has that kind of power. So once we have that revelation, the revelation to know him better we will have no fear. We will have no hesitation to pursue after the hope he has called us to. Right? If you know someone is that amazing and that's powerful that is calling you into something and his power is with us and he's for us, would you be afraid? Not really, right? I hope not. If we have that revelation to know him that well, that clearly, then we will not be afraid. And the last two verses of, in, in this chapter, verse 27 and 23 of um, chapter 1, is even more incredible. If we are not already in awe of God's plan for creation, God's plan for creation in general, and God's, God's plan for us specifically. Let's read verse 22. And God... Placed all things under his feet, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. We already uh, we read last week the first half of Ephesians chapter one, that Jesus will be head over everything, and the fullness of him will fill everything in every way. Now we see a little bit more details of his of God's amazing plan, which is the church. The church will play a major role in that. The church will be the body of Jesus. The body with Jesus at the head will be far above, over all those things. The church, which is the body of Jesus, will be far above all those things. Rule, authority, power, dominion, time. God has planned to place all those things Under the feet of Jesus. The church is the body of Jesus. I think you know where I'm going with this, right? The church is the body of Jesus. So all those things will be at the feet of the church. The body of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? So the church will be placed by God to be over all things. Let that sink in. Let that sink in a little bit. The body of Christ, the church, will be placed over all things. All those things will be at the feet of Jesus. Reading this verse, the only one who is more important than the church is Jesus as the head of the body. So everything and everyone else has been placed at the feet of the church, the body of Jesus. This is what God thinks about the church as the body of Christ. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? At least I think it's amazing. God, how could you possibly think so highly of the church? Because I think we all have seen the abuses. We all have seen the mis-authority, misuse of authority, if I can use that term. But let's keep in mind, it's people. People are doing those things. God's plan is much different. Sometimes when people get involved, we tend to mess things up. But if we follow God's plan, that is what God thinks about the church. Jesus will be far above not just above, all things. Rule, authority, power, dominion, every name, and the church is his body. This means that the church will be above all those things. I know I've said that, but it's important to say it again. So this speaks to the importance that God places on the church. If this is God's plan for the church, if this is how he feels about the church, then we must, right? We, it's not like we should, or maybe, maybe. We must also feel the same about the church. Because we are his people, right? We said that earlier. If we are his people, we want to imitate him. We want to do the things that he has called us to do. We want to follow his plan. We want to carry out his plan and execute his plan to the best of our ability. And the best of our ability is when we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit instead of what we think is good. Because sometimes people get involved and we think, well, God, this is 2023, Things are different in Chicago. You you don't know Chicago as well as I do. So I think you need to do church a little bit differently. That is when we go wrong. We must stick to his plan and trust in his plan and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. So if this is what God thinks about his church, no one will ever, ever be able to convince me otherwise in terms of the importance of the church because it would be contradictory to Scripture and to God's plan. We see right here in scriptures, the church is the body of Jesus and the church will be over all things. So no one should ever be able to convince, hopefully, all of us. Otherwise, either. Remember this, when you hear people say, I believe in Jesus, but I don't want to go to church. I believe in Jesus, but I don't need to go to church. Or church is not a big deal to my spiritual growth. Point people to this verse specifically right here. It's, it's and many other places in the Bible, but at least point people to this verse, Ephesians chapter one. What God thinks about the church, what His plan is for the church. So one last point before we end this morning is: in order for the fullness of Jesus to fill everything in every way, and it will happen. His fullness needs to happen with the church first as his body. It means we, all of us, all of us, right? Not just the guys up here on the stand or not just the people who are serving or not just you know, the elders and the deacons, all of us. Every single one of us, from the little guy to, I was gonna use Maria as an example, but she's not here, to like the oldest person in the church. This means that all of us, which is his body, must grow in our maturity and have the fullness of Jesus fills every area of our lives. It must start with us first. God wants, it's free. God has already said that earlier. He's, it's freely given to us. And then every spiritual blessing has been given to us. We just need to receive the spiritual blessing so we can be filled with the fullness of Jesus. Okay, I'm getting a little bit too passionate and I lost track of where I am. All right, so keep, keep that in mind because that is God's plan. It has nothing to do with what we want or how we feel or what we think or what's a good plan, what's a bad plan. That is God's plan. And that is his marvelous plan. His plan doesn't need any kind of tweaking. He doesn't need to be modernized because now we have iPhones and we have technology. His plan for the church is amazing. And it's incredible. We, let's follow his plan. And as his people, we want to. And we need to pursue and follow his plan. That is what it means to be obedient to God's plan. So Ephesians 2 will continue to reveal more of God's plan, especially for salvation. And we will go through that chapter next week. If I can end with one last emphasis on the importance of everyone, myself included, which is for everyone to continually grow in our revelation of Jesus. Not, that's not what just Paul is praying for. That is what the Holy Spirit is telling all of us. Grow in our revelation of Jesus. And that's some of the things that I always pray for every Sunday at a pre-service meeting. And For those of you who are there, it may sound like a repetitive, but we want to always grow in our revelation of Jesus. Always, all the time so we can know Him better. Because the more we know Him, the more confident, the more secure we will be, the more that we will be enlightened in the hope that Jesus has called us into. Going back to, if we know Jesus has called me into certain something, I would not waver. I may have doubts, there are obstacles, there are challenges, big challenges, but I will not waver because I know who He is, I know of His power, incomparably, I know I'm not saying it correctly, incomparably power. And we know his master plan. And if we follow our calling at the end, all of us follow our calling, it will culminate in accomplishing his plan for us and his plan for creation. I will end chapter 1 on that note. Uh, Vanessa will take us through the first half of uh, chapter two next week. But I want to encourage you guys to continue to read through this. Hopefully go home, study it, meditate on Ephesians and get to, uh, to see the amazing plan that God has for, for creation and for us. So with that, um, that's what I have for Ephesians chapter one. I'm very excited for chapter two and actually I'm very excited for e- Ephesians. So, uh, so continue to read through that in your quiet time. Uh, let's end the meeting. Why don't we all stand? Let's stand and I'll, I'll pray for us, Father. We're so thankful for you, God. We're so thankful for who you are. You are. We're so thankful that you are our God, the God of incomparable power. We're so thankful for your love. We're so thankful for your wisdom. We're so thankful for your grace. We're so thankful that we get to see a glimpse of your bigness, a glimpse of your master plan, a glimpse of all that you have planned for your people. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, you allow us to take hold and take roots of those things. Give us confidence. Give us the strength and the conviction to continue to pursue after you, Jesus, first and foremost. Pursue more of who you are, Jesus, to get to know you even better than we did yesterday. We're so thankful for you, Lord Jesus. I just feel like as we talked about the amazing of Jesus, I just feel like if, if anyone here who may not have a relationship with Jesus or don't know Jesus or have not committed their life to Jesus, I would love to, Im- to invite you for a prayer to accept Jesus into your heart. All we have to do is repent of our sins and ask Jesus to come into our heart. It is that easy. I know I said this last week, but it is that easy. So if anyone here who wants to commit to Jesus and who wants to know more of his plan, know more of his calling, know more of his love for us, I would love to lead you into a prayer right now. Uh, if, you want me to, if you want me to lead you into uh, that prayer, just raise your hand, and I can, I can lead you into a prayer right now from where you are. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? All right, you can repeat this prayer after me. Jesus, I repent of my sins. I want to thank you for dying on the cross for me. Holy Spirit, I ask that you will welcome Jesus into my heart. I want to commit my life to you. Come into my life and be my Lord, my King, and my Savior. Thank you for you, Jesus. Thank you for today, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. That's it. That's all we have to do. That's all we have to do. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for that. All right, I'm going to pray for us for real now. All right, let's do all over. Let's do over, really. Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you. Thank you for the person that raised his hand. I just want to pray, Holy Spirit, just seal that in his heart and give him the strength and the convictions and the confidence to know that the hope that you have called him into. Protect him, lead him, and guide him, Lord Jesus. And I just pray for all of us for this time that we will continue to grow in our revelation of you, God. Grow to know you more, Lord. Just to be able to see your plan and your purpose for our lives and to be able to pursue after that. Just pray for strength, for wisdom, to walk out the calling that you have placed in our lives. We love you, and we pray to all these things in your amazing name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram.